friends, welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we look at movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by the angriest preacher ever and co-host, Alex Dandino. It's my best Gene Hackman. Fuck you, God. No, I'm just kidding. No, that's Sorry, that was a movie. bad Gene Hackman impression to start the show. All right, guys, some quick business. Please take a second and leave us a rating and review wherever you find the show, especially if that happens to be Apple Podcast app. A quick five stars, a quick couple sentences about uh, what you enjoy about our show helps us out a ton, guys. We really appreciate it. Thank you for those of you who have done it already. Uh, make sure to go over to YouTube and subscribe to our channel, Film Alchemist. You can see video versions of this podcast and some projects uh, we're pushing more here in 2020. We have some fun stuff we'll hopefully be rolling out over there. So make sure to subscribe, Film Alchemist. You can find us on all the social media you're on. Great way to get a hold of us. Uh, while you're doing that, you can also tell your friends about us, man. Share show links, all that good stuff. That We appreciate that also in advance. You can email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. With ideas for movies you'd like to hear us cover, new, old themes, double feature guest host, whatever you want. If you love it, we want to talk about it in that vein. Hey, it's almost time. The final episode of the year. Um, the final show of 2020, you fuck. Fuck Just this fucking year. Joe. We're, yeah, we're going to take Joe Pesci out to the Indiana cornfield and fucking Beat casino the fucking shit out of him. Yeah, 2020 has sucked, but it's been a good year for the show. We've made a lot of new Thank friends. Thank you very much, everybody. This has really been a good year for us. The podcast has truly been one of the bright spots of our year, so we do thank you for that. Uh, that's why we went extra hard and tried to get as many of these uh, listener picks as we could in this month. We hope we got to uh, yours. We obviously, we know we didn't get to all of them. So for those of you who didn't get it this year, we're going to have more listener selections, so stay with us. Uh, today actually comes from a new friend that I met over uh, also on the Junk Food Cinema Patreon group uh, during one of the side uh, sidebar happy hour uh, Zooms we do over there. So, yeah, go follow Junk Food Cinema. Join their Patreon. It's a good time. A lot of good guys over there. A lot of good uh, movie-loving fans over there. Uh, but on one of the calls, I met uh, a young guy named Carlos. Really nice guy. Uh, Carlos had had a horrifying battle with COVID, man. Uh, really bad. He was telling us how scary it was. Um, I believe he said he was in the hospital for multiple days. Um, and he's a young, healthy guy. So it's kind of a somber moment of, you know, it's one of those nice things we all do to talk to each other about movies. Same with this podcast. Try to forget about what's going on. And Carlos had gone through some shit. So I was, I asked him on the call. I was like, hey, man, anything you want us to cover, you say it now, and I will make sure it's on the list. He happened to pick one of the great New Year's Eve movies of all time, The Poseidon Adventure. Another movie, I know this will get me in trouble. I'd never seen The Poseidon Adventure. I never saw Poseidon really? with Josh Lucas. Um, oh, that's fine. Nothing. I'll go on the record right up front. I do not love disaster movies for me. Um, anytime I'm about to watch a disaster movie, I think to myself, wouldn't I rather watch a zombie movie? And I do that instead because I think that it's kind of a, a more in my wheelhouse version of the same issues, right? Um, I actually thought this movie kicked ass. So, Alex, walk me through your initial thoughts on Poseidon Adventure. 
I saw Poseidon Adventure, I think when I was 12. Um, I always liked this movie. I also saw the, um, I saw the remake in theaters and it was real bad, but this one's great. (laughs) Yeah. I think what's funny about this movie to me is I would be lying if I said I didn't wish this was like a tight 70 minutes. Uh, (laughs) I feel like there are long stretches of the film that I absolutely could not pay attention to and it'd be fine. It has this setup of imagine if old people with a couple young people um, did an American Ninja Warrior course upside down and it was wet. All right. That stuff has no entry. It's kind of my problem with a lot of disaster movies that the them going from essentially the story is after, you know, the boat tips over spoilers. If you haven't seen this movie since the fucking seventies, um, once the boat tips over, it's essentially, hey, let's open the door to the next room and deal with whatever problem there is. And that's just how – and that's fine. What I think the Poseidon Adventure does, because just on an objective level, I didn't think this movie would work for me at all. I'm like, it's got a great cast. I love Gene Hackman. He's one of my top five favorites. Like, this will be – okay, at least they've got those guys. I didn't think this movie was going to work. What works is, though – the character building in this, the way they suck you in to these characters that don't seem that strong for the first 20 minutes really caught me off guard. Was that your experience as well? Mm, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, my favorite thing is when I say what I think of a movie and I see you furrow your brow like this motherfucker. I don't think I'm like... But I was explaining my Ninja Warrior course thing. It just got that look from you, and I, I adore Well, that. I mean, it's like... <laughs> I mean, again, again, it's like we do this show because people like this show because you got some hot, hot takes. I think that's great. I mean, <laughs> this movie to me is basically just... I mean, it's basically like God hated the 70s, so he put Sodom and Gomorrah on a boat and then flipped it over. And that's pretty much the movie. Like... Because, I mean, and, like, it's pretty obvious that it's pretty obvious, like, there's a serious, like, biblical allegory besides, like, Gene Hackman being, like, the world's worst reverend ever. Um, Yeah. I mean, like, so here's my thing is, so the boat's going to Athens. I've never paid attention to, like, the actual parameters by which they all got on the boat. The boat's going to Athens. I didn't to know be that decommissioned. It sounded like because it's an old piece of shit boat. I don't know really. Like also, it's <laughs> also again. I've never paid attention to the details for where the boat's going, how the boat got capsized, the whole thing. Mainly because at the very top of the movie, I'm hugely distracted by Leslie Nielsen being a serious person. It's really uncomfortable, yeah. actually. And yeah, it, well, also the fact that it just starts with waves and like a child traversing the boat. Yeah. And then we just reset to perfect weather. I was like, what the fuck? I thought we were storming it up. That caught me off guard. Then we do the meet the creep section. Right. So we do. I was like, like, what kind? I mean, this is this movie was lost before a loss where it's just like, look at all these wayward buttholes on this (laughs) boat. I just I exclusively hated everyone. It felt a lot like it's like everyone's being shipped back from the mainland to the island of misfit toys. Like nobody wants to deal with these people. (laughs) Like, yeah, because. I mean, you've just got all the worst, right? So you got Grandpa Joe still being a lazy fuck 
I mean, is there ever a movie Grandpa Joe's in? I, I want someone to find me the movie that Grandpa Joe's in that doesn't start with him, like, under the covers, just sitting around judging people. Yeah. Well, once you got that, that ill-gotten Wonka money, you can just take <laughs> ill-fated cruises and be a lazy bitch. Then they've got the, the pill-popping uh, bachelor fella. Yep. Then you've got, uh, yeah, Gene Hackman's like Red just berating is- another preacher. Like, hey, can I steal your congregation and scream in yeah. their faces? Uh, essentially doing my speech from Hoosiers. You're like, okay. <laughs> and then we finally meet a relatable couple, uh, the cop and the prostitute. The cop and, and like, the prostitute. Right, now this- I have, <laughs> thank you for a life Ernest rest Borgnine. in these choppy waters. <laughs> Ernest Borgnine and his wife, who you find out, like, the way they do it, too, is my favorite shit. Like the way in which they portray her is th- like this whole argument between the two of them. Like, like, oh yeah, well, we're gonna go down there, and they're arguing and bitching back and forth, and then finally, it like keeps her. like, come on, baby, aren't you? Why are you? Why are you trying to stay in here? You afraid you're gonna see someone you know? You don't live that life anymore. And like, I had never really paid attention to that shit either. Like, I haven't seen this movie in a long time since I was a kid, but I was like, oh fuck, she's a prostitute. Oh, wow, they're just yeah. laying this out there right now. And she's, like, yeah. been around. And he's a cop, well, so it's that, like... She specifically says, the reason I don't want to go out of my tiny quarters... because I've fucked literally everyone in the world. because I 100% saw a guy that I fucked <laughs> in my professional capacity. Yeah, like... But see, I like that Ernest Borgnine's just like, it's all good. It's all good. It's, it's fine. All good. I'm not embarrassed of you. I was very Even though you're wearing that extremely time. revealing shirt inside our cabin. My God. Dude. Yeah, she almost made me break my women from the 70s remind me of old ladies still, even when they were in their primes. Good Lord. No wonder he was arresting her, get her off the street so he can make his Yeah, my wife was. my wife and I were watching the movie, and Andrea looks up. She goes, Jesus, what is she wearing? I'm like, I don't know. Apparently, that's what you wear when you're on a boat in a cabin. She goes, I don't think that's I true. But again, well, I, I thought that was her, her, uh, her dancing gown. I thought and that I was, was like the '70s were way more wild than I well, remember. Like, so she's a prostitute and he's a cop. So clearly, she met him on the job, and they fell in love. He arrested which, her a bunch of like this is yeah. the weird. He arrested like, her a bunch and then fell in love. Yeah. Well, no, like I was like my kingdom for a time machine to get Cary <laughs> Grant to do this little dialogue in a screwball <laughs> comedy. I kept arresting you because you're a whore, and I like I liked you, but you were whoring too much. I, like I kept you, arresting you, and ruining much. your life so I could steal you. I can't have you putting your punaner out all over the street and then me coming home by it. <laughs> I would have, oh man, to get some Cary Grant action. I would have killed um, for like a Cary Grant, Rosalind Russell two hander. That movie pre- as the prequel to the Poseidon Adventure. That's the movie I would have watched. It happened one night, and then another night, and then another. <laughs> Many night. other nights after <laughs> Sorry, that. Sorry, Cary Grant and the prostitute he's in love with. But like. <laughs> There's another thing that happens in this movie that I like a lot, which is to me, the Poseidon Adventure, besides being like one of those like famous disaster movies, along with like Towering Inferno and Airplane or sorry, Airport 75. My bad. Not Airplane. Airplane's a comedy. <laughs> um, but that would have been a weird reference. Although Leslie Nielsen's also an airplane. Either way, I like, though, that it follows that it follows these blueprint patterns for movies like this of its ilk, where like Shelley Winters, for instance, pretty much spoiler alert telegraphs her death for the end of the movie like almost immediately when she is revealed on screen like it's one of those rules anytime someone brings up their kid that you've never seen or grandson or anybody that's a value that's they're going to be on the other side of this adventure that person will for sure be dying 
like Gene Hackman is this like excommunicated reverend that I'm assuming is like the first one who ever got, you know, displaced for like molesting people. And he's going to Africa for some reason. Never explained. But that he's is just weird like that you say that because when he's helping people up and down ladders, I was like, the mitts on this guy. Good Lord, Gene. Oh, we're going like, to get already we're going to get to the, by the way, there we're, we'll get to it. But the Ernest Borgnine, the look on Ernest Borgnine's face when his wife's going up that fucking steam shaft. I'm like, dude, <laughs> like <laughs> no one's directing and okay. be like, wipe that fucking smirk off your face, Ernest. Jesus Christ. There's also some weird, there's another Ernest uh, facial acting moment that caught me off guard. One of the funniest scenes of the movie is when they're doing their New Year's Eve celebration, right? Oh, my God. And uh, Gene Hackman seemingly is just about to slay in this room. Like, he's just surrounded by ladies. Yeah. And they do this great cutaway where the teenage girl, right, is staring at Gene Hackman, infatuated with the balding preacher. You're like, all right, he's got a powerful aura. I like Gene sure, Hackman. I guess, I guess it's right. the same thing. And then all of a sudden... He does a toast, right? Is his new, like, I'm the head of this party, according to the captain. That's nautical nonsense law. Yeah. <laughs> so all of a sudden he starts his toast and he says, love, right? And he looks at the prostitute. And I think what the movie is telling us is that uh, Ernest Borgnine is staring at him slack jawed because he's like, this preacher's making a move on my lady. What it right. looks like is that Ernest Borgnine's like, I think I want to marry Gene Hackman instead. Look at this guy. There is a thing they do in the movie where people just look at Gene Hackman in more than reverence, but almost <laughs> purely in love with what the possibility of what this preacher could be. Right. It is unbelievable. The amount of people that are <gasps> just taken aback. <laughs> by Gene. And of course that goes right out the window. Cause the rest of the movie is essentially grumpy old men. Right? Like, we're just going to fight our way through this cabins. That's yeah. the whole story like between this, them, right? Well, that's, like, the thing, too, is, like, the movie goes on. So, okay, finally, surprise, the boat capsizes and sends us in this yeah. Dante-like descent into hell. Um, but, like... Oh, but that was one of the great cutaways, though. We got to do this real quick. I love the New Year's Eve where they're counting down. They cut mm -hmm. to the outside of the ship, and you just see how small that ship yeah. looks in this dark evil the fact that people go on cruises willingly makes me feel like they deserve what this movie's offering okay i'm glad you bring this up because this is something <laughs> I, I was actually this was going to be my opening salvo of the movie itself salvo is the wrong word but opening salvo towards cruises in general my wife for the better part of our relationship like she's never feared those kinds of things like i have an immense fear of like going out on a boat there's absolutely no reason to do that kind of shit like all you're doing is inviting problems and every time her friends and that kind of said like we should all take a trip together like when we were younger everyone's everyone wanted to go on vacation together and now i don't want to do any of that but they're always like hey <laughs> let's go on a cruise it'll be fun and i'm like why the fuck would i ever go on a cruise and i'm like why wouldn't you i'm yeah. like name me a movie where a cruise goes well go ahead i'll wait yeah. They're like, well, yeah. what about? No, no, no. Um, let me name them for you. There's the Poseidon Adventure, Poseidon the Remake, Titanic, Speed Open two. Water. All these movies, terrible things happen <laughs> when people go out in the water. So yeah. there's no reason for anybody to be on the cruise. So when I watch the Poseidon Adventure, I know for a fact all these people are damaged goods to begin with. 100%. Yeah. 
They're going to hell regardless. <laughs> Just going in on the cruise industry. Well, I remember once talking to someone and I was like, wait, do they have like another ship that follows you? And he's like, what, like an, another cruise ship? I'm like, yeah. Do they have another cruise ship that's empty and follows behind us in case something bad happens to us? He's like, well, no, that'd be a waste of money. I'm like, what? So you're telling me I'm just going to go out there in the ocean and just hope that it works? These these essentially just traveling carnival folk of the sea are just going to shuffleboard me into safety? Like, I don't accept that. No fucking way. Not a chance. It's like an amusement park, an airport, and a mall. Full of Midwesterners getting sunburns and being getting cranky and not having and enough e- carbs Getting all sunburns day. and eating, like, pre-frozen food. No, I don't think so. Absolutely not. Yeah. So I you're dealing with, understand. like... And this like, is these are modern cruises, let alone right. the, the savage season of the 70s. Like, so Ernest Borgnine calls the doctor in because everyone's getting seasick. Because also, I don't know if you... Like, this is a thing. The camera, like, shifts constantly because they're trying to make the, the look like the sea's rocking the boat a lot. So Ernest Borgnine gets finally gets the doctor over and he like gives him a bunch of guff and he's like, I think my wife's sick because of food poisoning. I'm like, your wife's probably sick because she has this new disease that no one knows anything about yet. But that's neither here nor there. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what? As if enough horrible things didn't happen to these people. I'll tell you what. I felt really Ernest bad Borgnine for the prostitute. Ernest Borgnine patient zero. Well, I, I kind of like the movie does a really cruel trick a couple times like this. But I was really bonded to the prostitute. I'm like, I kind of like her. She's, you know, standing up for herself. She's telling Ernest, uh, you know, hey, stop being a fucking dick and help with the yeah, Christmas tree Yeah, she's calling Shelly Winters fat. It's she's kind of getting in, right? And you're like, yeah. And she's like, I'll take the skirt. Like, with the line when she's like, all you have on is panties. She's like, what else do I need? Like, she's ready for action. Right. But then they literally, we go down the road and they're trying to climb through a shaft. One of the 15 times that's a scene. Right. Yeah. And uh, she goes, I'm going first in case old fat ass gets stuck <laughs> right to the sweet old grandma. And I was like, Jesus Christ. I'm like, they just turned on a dime and made us hate the prostitute. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I felt really bad because I was like, wow, I kind of liked her until she assaulted the old lady verbally. Yeah. Gave her body issues to where later she kills herself, essentially. Yeah, she already she already spent the entire movie like saying, like, I'm too fat for X, Y, and Z. I can't do that. I'm too fat. Oh, yeah. I'm too fat for that. I'm like, this woman already hates her body, and you're just going to call her a fat ass. Be like, I'm getting out of here before old fat ass kills us. But but then, this is so not only did they turn us against the prostitute, right? The working class hero of the movie. I love at the end of the film, they're staring at the door, and the ship just burps. For no reason. <laughs> yes. Just so we can throw the prostitute headfirst the into hellfire. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. That's why this movie... This movie has, like, biblical allegories upon biblical allegories. But this is... that's. I mean, they even say, like... They're the whole time, like they're going up that one uh, steam tunnel, and everyone's like, "Don't look back!" I'm like, "Sodom and Gomorrah, you're not supposed to look back. You get turned to salt." And then finally, that oh. bitch gets her come up and for making Granny feel bad, and she j- literally just like missteps and falls. It's very anticlimactic. She's just standing, and the ship just goes. Super anticlimactic. No one else falls. Just just, just her. the prostitute She's has the to eat. Only hellfire. person to fall down into the fire, and like, and then they have that shot of her burning body. I'm like. Oh wow, we're playing for keeps yeah. on this one. Not they even really Gene Hackman got know, one of hey, those reprieves. Yeah, we feel like we did a little too much of humanizing the prostitute. <laughs> Let's completely <laughs> wipe the board 
and readjust the Guys, scale. guys, guys, let's um, wipe the slate clean and get this bitch out of here. Like, that's really what the movie yeah. was saying. And so, again, the second half of the film, we don't really have to talk about what happens because it's just the same scene over and over yeah. again. It's crawling I mean, through something. Something's stuck. Listen. Water stuff. Fine. All what you is, need to what know. What this movie does so unbelievably well, though, is, again, they they find those small, quiet moments that yes. really work, right? Um, mm-hmm. There's some really cool scenes in this movie. Uh, the thing that crushed my soul, right? Uh, was the old married couple. They're yeah. the ones I loved, right? Grandpa yeah. Joe and his uh, trophy wife with his Wonka money. Um, <laughs> when they're climbing the Christmas tree and she's just like, I, you know, I'm I'm old and overweight. Like, I can't climb that tree. Mm-hmm. And she's giving him the necklace. She's like, here, you got to take this. We'll give it to our grandson for both of us. That fucking ripped my guts out, man. And oh, she yeah, has dude. that beautiful line where she's like, uh, when's the last time we said I love or we love each other, right? And it is one of those things I think we all take for granted. You're with someone every day. You're like, it's implied I love, but you don't say it a lot, right? It was just a really sweet moment with these two people. You know, and then uh, she's just like, you know, most people don't have that. And you're like, oh, my God, they so absolutely wrapped me in, right? The same with uh, the little pill junkie bachelor, but he's just taking like. He's just taking like supplements and stuff. Oh, yeah. Red Buttons. Red Buttons character should not be interesting, but he's like. He became my favorite becomes, character in the movie. Well, it's a little, it's a little like, well, okay, I'll go get the hot singer girl. Like he could have helped, like you know, someone that he wasn't probably going to run his like creepy old quagmire on. Yeah. Uh, but the scene, right? So like he goes and finds the singer, and she's just holding her brother. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, so and that good, scene dude. Just oh my god, was that that was brutality, and pulling him through, right? So there are just these really cool little moments like that throughout the film, right? And it culminates in the cruelest scene in the movie by a mile was the grandma dying, right? That was so fucking horrific of a scene, right? Yeah. Because this woman has been, I don't, I mean, not to make a joke, but the dead weight of the movie, right? They're always having to try harder and harder to get her through. And she finally, it's so weird, too, because this we'll get into the the biblical shit more after this. But she's wearing her old lady swimming champion medal. Mm -hmm. And so she sees the moment where she can do something. They won't listen to her. She goes in and saves Gene Hackman. Right. She comes out the other side. and You're like, oh, my God, she had her moment in the sun. It was great. And then she just has a heart attack. I still don't exactly know what killed her. And she dies, and she has the line of the movie to me that just oh. kind of summed it up. And trust me, when she was just like, uh, fuck, what did she say? She was just like, you know, that's enough. Isn't that enough? I think that's shit. Isn't that enough? And she's like, I please mean- just let me go. Please just let me go. And she hands the necklace off. She doesn't even get the final moment where she triumphed with her fucking husband, right? And then you even have, like, but she becomes this lightning rod for just, like, the best five minutes of the movie to me. Because then Ernest Borgnine comes up, and he's fucking miserable, and they're going to fight again. You know, yeah. cause that's what they do. And then all of a sudden, he goes, you know, you had guts, lady. We see even him break. But when her husband comes up, oh. and just fucking holds her. Oh, yeah, he's ruins done. you, man. He, he's, he's fucking done. done. That's the thing Until- is he's like, no, I'm staying. Like, they're like, we got to go. And he's like, no, yeah. I'm staying here. I'm staying here. And with the her. only reason he does is because she gave him that mission, man. 
Yeah. And that just like, I'm on my couch, just like crying. I was like, Oh my God. Somehow in the course of this, we've got to crawl through wet rooms. I so bonded to that couple. And that is, that is the powerhouse element of this movie is oh, yeah. the cast of this movie is fucking insane. She was the only, so uh, this movie, won, I think it got nominated for eight Oscars at one, two, one of which being best supporting actress for Shelley Winters. Shelley Winters ended up winning a golden globe. She lost the, she lost the Academy award for supporting, but I mean, the entire cast is amazing. And it's interesting because like, it's sort of just once they get out of the like um, banquet hall, it is on like these like 20 minute intervals of um, like Flora's lava bits mixed with. Yeah, right. And I mean, like, it's, I mean, it's just the only way I can describe it mixed with like, yeah, like there's constant confrontation between Ernest Borgnine and Gene Hackman where they're constantly like, who the fuck put you in charge? And it's like, I don't, I mean, I would agree with Ernest Borgnine a lot of the time. Like who the fuck puts Gene Hackman in oh, charge yeah. of this? Like Gene Hackman, all of a sudden is like an expert on the ship, but he's like, it's because he's listening to the kid and listening to everybody else. Like that kind of shit. But the thing that I love them. Is them, that what happened? See, cause I didn't hear him listening to anyone. Well, he listened to the kid a lot more than fucking Ernest Borg Borgnine did. Like Ernest Borgnine sure, literally but- <laughs> dismisses the kid almost there- immediately. There is a, super it because it's an obvious descent into hell allegory right well there's an alpha male element for sure choosing gene hackman as the emissary that feels more devilish than heavenly right because what happens is this goes down and gene hackman essentially is this is my moment right his big speech at the start is that god loves winners and i was like god if there is a more um, arrogant american (laughs) dipshit way to talk about religion (laughs) god loves winners you right. help yourself. God does nothing. Like George Burns should have picked him instead of John Denver. Oh, yeah, for the sure. The guy who just says, God has no responsibility and is doing no work. You do it. Right? And it's it's this insanely stupid speech. It's so fucking stupid. Because if you believe all that stuff, right, do it yourself and this and that, why do you need the God part? Right? Right. Like he's, he's forgetting the most important part of his business, right? He's a high school coach trapped in the body of this man of the cloth, right? So when that ship flips, right, and everyone's on the fucking ceiling and dead and whatever, Gene Ackman takes it upon himself to go, I, a man of the cloth who studies a bearded fake guy in the sky. And not only does that so poorly that I've been fired and banished to Africa, right? You're right. Um, I am the perfect guy to take leadership in this moment. Yeah. There's a guy who works on the ship. Not the guy who like, actually works on the ship. <laughs> not only that, there's no evidence that Gene Hackman knows any nautical nonsense. He does not have schematics of the, the ship. Everything he says is, we've got to go forward. Up there is life. Up there is hope. These fucking insane moments of hyperbole. Negging all these other passengers, right? He doesn't right. even ask if any of them are doctors firefighters Ernest Borgnine's a cop and he just shits right in his mouth for the whole movie (laughs) and it's like at no point does he decide that anyone else could be useful except for the 10 year old child right but the movie in this unbelievable twist tries to tell us that he's right when clearly he is wrong and an asshole so he's like we've got to go up there with the mysterious man up there because that's better that's different right 
everything else is flooded. What? Why? And How the, would you know? The guy who runs it, the purser or the persecor, whatever his fucking well, Marvel character name is. That's the thing is. is like, Ernest Borgnine's the audience the entire movie by sitting there like, how the fuck do you know any of this? Like, it's like, yeah. that's, that's flooded over there. Like, how would you know? Like, even at the end. Also, it's like, are you going to make us do CrossFit for five hours and then just die over there? Okay, that fuck was you. like, so he dies. <laughs> he dies like, because he yeah. dies while, <laughs> he dies while, let's see, uh, uh, crossfitting a uh, oh. crossfitting a wheel. Well, let's let's get to that. Yeah, that's. But this movie is the classic. I always tell Amy, I was like, I have an end of the world plan for myself, and Amy hates when I talk about this. But I said, if I'm in the Poseidon, right, and it's upside down and we're sinking, I'm not crossfitting. I'm not navigating and holding my breath for five minutes to swim in dead body passages. I'm finding whatever drugs or booze there are, and I'm starting an orgy. That dance hall would be a fucking orgy. And I just be like, I'm orgying here until the Italian Coast Guard pulls me out, or I drown to death trying to get this last nut. I would not be doing anything in this movie. And so I guess that's, I would be dead. I'm one of Gene Hackman's sinners, right? But <laughs> the fact that he just expects everyone, because he's a preacher. Right, like he yells at the other preacher Honestly, and tries to publicly shame him, and the other preacher just is also equally bad. He's like, "You only speak for the strong." Right. Well, it's again, like, what is happening? <laughs> like everyone of the everyone every man of the cloth in this movie is an absolute dog shit human being. But like, ultimately, Gene Hackman is somehow worse because he has the audacity, nay, the arrogance, to say, "I'm going to follow my instincts." In that I know nothing about a, about the mechanics or the actual schematics of this boat and lead people to safety. Right. Literally, up until up and, <laughs> up until the boat burping that lady to death, uh, <laughs> he basically just gets away with freebies. Like he's like, "Well, that was lucky." Like constantly, there is a scene where there are actual other human survivors that walk past. Being led by someone who works on the boat. Yeah, he doesn't ask them, hey, uh, let's exchange information. He just goes, you're doing it wrong. I have a 12-year-old. Right, like, you know, the 12-year-old ends up knowing what he's saying, whatever. Right. And the guy's just like, hey, (laughs) fuck you, man. Yeah. And then they go off, and what happens? That guy dies. The moment Gene Hackman ascends the Christmas tree. Everyone dies, and he watches like a cruel puppet of God who's made all these people die and drown. Well, it's not only that, though. And then he turns though. around, and he's literally in a hell room, right? A hot, watery, fucking burning room with dead Well, it's not only so, that, but like this every- This movie is telling us- Okay, sorry, go ahead. Every time he makes a decision, though, every time he makes a decision and they end like their next bit, him and Ernest Borgnine have it out where he goes, you know what the fuck you're doing, you arrogant son of a bitch, and he's like- you don't know anything either. You don't know what's going on. Like that scene where they're climbing up the steam tunnel and that uh, guy Acres falls to his death. He gets to the very top and he berates Ernest Borgnine for not getting everyone up safely. It's like, dude, fuck you. You have no idea what everyone's going through because you're at the front of this line rather than actually doing it. Like he literally dispatches people to be the last ones through. It's horrible yeah. leadership. Well, because... 
what he actually is playing is a cult leader, not a fucking. Oh yeah, prick. he's full blown. Like, this is cult leader one That's why he's nagging the second in command, like the strongest guy, so he can make him his little bitch. But he's <laughs> gonna fucking brand but, him wait, with a G, the weird with, thing with about the, GH. the movie though is that yeah, every time he makes a decision or does anything based on nothing but his own arrogance and his Bobby Knight style, you've got to be strong theory. God rewards him by murdering other human beings that don't listen to him. <laughs> and it's it's the weirdest flex of the movie is that it seems like they're telling us there is a God and he thinks Gene Hackman is doing it right. And you're like, Jesus Christ. Like, that is insane. <laughs> Jesus right. wept is how Razor would say. <laughs> and then, but I will say this, though. I absolutely, in a thousand years... Did not expect Gene Hackman to eat shit at the end. Oh, no. Well, when Gene see, like, Hackman dies by diving into the fire, I was flabbergasted. Well, to me, again, it it all works with, like, it all works with the level of sin you're dealing with. Like, for instance, Shelly Winters is the, I mean, I hate to put it this way, but I'm going to. Shelly Winters has the sin of gluttony. She has the sin of pride in a lot of ways. She's like, I can make it. I'm fine. Don't worry. I'll do it. She also, again, she, that's what she does. And then she pays the price for it. The prostitute it has the sin of, I don't know, marrying Ernest Borgnine and getting off them streets. But nevertheless, she did it. But, you know, like you were saying, like we said earlier, she paid the price for her for awesomely hedonist ways. And then the church's male gaze doesn't accept her lifestyle. Right. So she's got to get burped into flames. <laughs> and then finally, we end with Gene Hackman, who for sure commits the sin of for sure commits the sin of pride probably a little bit of like a lot of like misplaced hubris well, and then wait, not wait, only wait, that wait. while he's like crossfitting the wheel to open that thing he's literally like screaming fuck you god you fucking asshole you take everyone you don't do anything for yourself oh shit god. i have no way of getting back uh all right no Hubris and pride are just implied in a man who's like... Well, they're the same thing. Ah, Sorry, I said the same thing twice. That fucking metal wheel that's soaking wet 30 feet in the air. I could do some pull-ups on that. <laughs> that is a level of hubris and pride most of us will never know. I think the only reason he dies is because he tells God he to... tells God to fucking suck his dick. Like, if he just kept being a horrible, prideful man and just getting people murdered all the time... I think God would be fine yeah. with that. But instead, <laughs> he's like, fuck you. Suck my balls. Well, you fucking saying, ruined uh, everything. Well, because that's the that scene is great. That's like the Ernest Borgnine moment. Yeah. When uh, his his wife gets thrown down by the judgmental male God into the hell flames. <laughs> then we just have to watch her roast like a fucking schmore. <laughs> right? <laughs> Ernest Borgnine turn and just screams at Gene Hackman. You killed her. You fucking son of a bitch. You lie. You took her from yeah. me. He's yelling at God by proxy mm -hmm. of Gene Hackman. Right. And so then Gene Hackman is doing this kind of performative theater that he feels bad that the lady got thrown into hellfire. Right. He's just doing his normal thing. And then he takes it too far, right? Um, what is he saying? He's like, if you don't want to help us, fine. Yeah. Don't fight against us. Just leave us alone. He's like, how much blood? How many bodies? And then this is where it took it to one step too far. You know, where it's like, if you want a body, you take mine. Right? Yep. And if he just hadn't said that, had he, had he just not challenged God straight up, 
Because if God doesn't kill him in that moment, everyone's going to be like, yeah, this guy's full of shit. Right. This guy's a madman. Well, then. Is in the unwinnable position where he has to crush the horrible narcissistic man that he has chosen as his emissary. <laughs> yes. Through this upside down water hell of a shit. Right. And then, and this is honestly my favorite part of the movie. Finally, like Ernest Borgnine's like sort of in charge and he's like coming down on everyone. And Red Buttons finally steps up. He's like, listen, why don't you shut the fuck up? Quit being like a dick. You've literally been a dick this entire time. We're just trying to get this done. God damn it. Well, he starts proselytizing about how great oh, yeah. Gene Hackman He's sitting there was. like, Gene Hackman was trying to help us all. I was like, dude, have you not been here the entire time? My God. You've yeah. just been focused on your little like impish uh, hippie girl. This is what happens, yeah. man. Well, I watched this movie and I was like, not 100% convinced that Gene Hackman's hell is being uh, Jigsaw from the Saw movies. <laughs> he just wakes up underwater and he's on that little bike. Want to play a game in an upside down water hell of CrossFit? help yourself don't be a loser that's what god wants right so gene hackman wakes up in jigsaw hell right and that's how you link well, the so, side adventure well so i thought about this though like the thing i <laughs> so the red buttons has that great like shut the fuck up moment towards ernest Berg, borgnine yeah. they get rescued and then i thought about this like what happens two hours later when they're like on a boat everyone's like recovering and everything like that and he's trying to buddy up to the hippie girl and she's like you are a huge creep aren't you oh my god like there is like i thought i'm like what's like red buttons finally had the courage to be like near a woman because apparently like they they start the movie with like him like being not being married and shelly winters makes a huge deal out of it but like he finally has the courage to like be cool with the girl and like hang out with her and then i'll i mean come on just you know yeah he, I mean, he's he's shooting his shot. He's shooting his I, shot. I would say that's how all, in, in the Griffey mind, all nautical nightmares end in orgy. Yes. All oh, no, they for sure, they got to the, they got to that sweet Italian boat and just laid it out, man. It was just a throw. Well, this is, because he does that thing where he's like, I would tie someone upside down and cut their hair. Oh, yeah. And you're like, like, oh, yeah, wor- that's a good way to get this uh, lady who's mourning her dead brother yeah, seriously. And then, Jazz- and then he's like, you'll find someone else to love, someone else to care for. See, that's like a serial killer. Well, then she gives. He says it is like goofy bachelor. Well, he does that. Also, you're like, this motherfucker's been a bachelor for how long? Right. In the 70s when that's more frowned on? Popping all them pills? Well, and then he's right. Re- you're telling me one pill in that bag is not a, oh, forget your dead brother. Come with this. Me on oh, this yeah. He's definitely pill. got roofies in there. But I mean, like, this is a horrifying. She also movie. gives like the worst dad joke ever. And her response is, my brother had great hair. And I'm like, oh, dude, you are not going to get laid at all. Not happening. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's so bad. <laughs> so that is one of those unfortunate things you're like why is that in this movie <laughs> yeah like why like, it's a weird beat come on. like it's a weird like offshoot of like why are, like yes it should be 75 minutes long and that's literally the first scene i'd cut is like get well, that i thought here. they were doing a like 70s version of coding him to be a gay guy right oh okay so like, I can oh see that. he actually takes care of himself oh and she's like you should be married and he says oh i love the idea of being married um, but you know, I'm so busy working and he's like, you know, I, I think I've just been a bachelor too long. I'm like, oh, they're coding. This guy is, you know, like a nice, you know, gay man who can't 
admit that he's gay. I was like, all right, you know, maybe there will be something to that. Nope, he just immediately tries to scoop the singer of the band whose brother just died. And maybe that's not what they intended, but every scene he's with her reads so fucking creepy to me. Yes. Right? Even when he's like, I'll help you through the underwater dungeon on the rope, you know, because you can't swim. It still reads as just, I can't leave my treasure behind. God. And it's like, what? Hold on to my belt. I'm like, dude, fucking creep. What is wrong with you? It it all feels creepy. It, it, it all feels creepy. He's in this just movie. like, I think too... that's what I take away is that all of the guys are just, everyone's pretty pickly, prickly and horrible, except for these two nice old people. I'll tell you the thing in the movie, I almost lost my shit. I almost lost my shit because I was like, is this movie about to get wildly anti-Semitic and kill the grandpa? Oh, yeah. Because I was like, if this movie doesn't end with me imagining Grandpa Joe hugging his grandson, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. (laughs) I was so mad when that old lady died and it hurt my soul so very much watching him hold her. And I was like, if they kill him now. This movie is anti-Semitic. It is saying that because they're Jewish, they have to eat hellfire. <laughs> and I was about to lose. My- I was like inventing reasons and conspiracies to be mad at this film. Because <laughs> I just, in my head, I was like, they're going to kill that grandpa. Right. They're going to deny us the him meeting his unborn grandson. Or no, his grandson's too. He can talk now. So I was like, they're going to deny it. And actually, I'm almost mad at the movie. I feel like I was owed that shot. I feel like I was owed that fucking I feel moment. like we were owed the moments of like, you know. Ernest Borg nine back on the beat looking for a wife, uh, you know, Grandpa Joe. I I feel like it's best for everyone involved that we have no idea where these horrible people reintegrated. Grandpa Joe society. hugging his grandson, Ernest Borg nine. That's the one. Ernest Borg nine back on the beat looking for his next wife. Uh, <laughs> I'm going down to the red light okay, district. The two, ki- still got the two kids who are the two kids who are on the cruise because their parents are the most villainous, vile human beings in the world, and said, "You know what? I'd like you to do not get on an airplane. I'd prefer you get on a huge cruise ship instead and risk your life that way." So they like reunite, and the the kids quickly go, "Hey, guess what? We're calling CPS, and we're definitely emancipating ourselves." And then. Yeah. Who, and then Red Buttons going back to his like um, his apartment in the city with doll hair everywhere and like she the the, the hippie girl walking be like cool I'm gonna leave. <laughs> yeah. The lead singer of the band just becomes Volume eighty six Human Skin Bound <laughs> Journal. <laughs> Man, that cruise didn't work out the way I hoped. <laughs> Pill, dear diary. Pill, can't believe. <laughs> Dear diary, she just wouldn't stop talking about her bro. TMI. (laughs) 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 Just scrumping pills. Oh, my God. This Uh, movie, I don't know, but let's wrap it. This is the thing. Look, I don't like disaster movies. I found this one too long because I think you could have just cut, like, three scenes of walking through traps or whatever. Right. But what it does, man, it just has an amazing cast, and they really find those big emotional moments. And I think in movies where there's a lot of you just you have to have that slow procession through the ship, right? Right. It has to exist in a narrative like this. It does. And how do you make that worth the journey? I mean, and I think this movie does a really good job of taking 
and this is the thing they're all weird characters too which i appreciate yes and it gives them those moments that just really stick with you yeah all of the guys all the characters get i like that this movie gets right to it it doesn't have a lot of preamble like not to make comparisons but like the remake has a lot more preamble of like these characters and like trying to make them relatable and that kind of thing this movie does a good job of like you have gene hackman's big show of like being a terrible reverend and being a total dick to everybody else and then you have ernest borgnine but nobody has like a huge thing about like oh i have to give everyone my huge backstory like everyone has sort of like their own three minute bit and that's all you need to know you i, I like that it yeah. almost gets immediately like i granted it is too long the movie but i will say like i was watching it and i'm like holy shit there's only 20 minutes left to this movie like i actually thought it was going very at a very decent pace so that was something i really liked and then yes the gas is just phenomenal and it rightly yeah. so shelly winters is just unbelievable yeah it made me miss just thinking gene hackman's in movies still yeah i don't know it's it is weird because I think I'm one of the only people that watch this. I'm like, I would have just called it Poseidon because I didn't think there was a great adventure. Yeah, I'm not right? sure I would call like, it the Poseidon adventure. I'd say it was more just like, boy, that sucked. The movie. <laughs> <laughs> the Poseidon. Good for white guys. Right? <laughs> and whatever girls they decide are worthy of living. <laughs> That's what maybe. I I don't know. I'm just I'm one of those guys that the walking through rubble and doing the floor is lava bit that part does lose me a bit but i think this movie's so strong at everything else right. it really exceeded my expectations because i'll tell you when they got to the part where it's two preachers arguing over who gets to preach yeah on a cruise ship i was like i'm jumping off this boat now <laughs> this boat this movie i want nothing to do with what's happening good lord could you imagine being a, my griffy brain started running amok like what does the world of this boat look like right and then I'm telling you that that boat flips and it really takes off. So uh, thank you, Carlos, for ending great our pick. 2020. Yeah, great pick, man. Uh, really fun movie. Thank you for ending 2020 for the film, Alchemist. On a personal note, uh, we want to thank you guys so much. It's been a huge year for the show. Uh, well over 100 episodes. We had a bunch of new guest hosts, new friends that we've made. Um, the audience just keeps growing and growing. And we owe all that to you guys. Uh, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. From the bottom of my heart, also, thank you. You guys are wonderful. This was the best. Griffey and I have been – how long have we been potting together? Like, all, like have we been doing this? Uh, seven years. Seven or eight years, Griffey and I have been potting together. And this has by far been the most exciting, most entertaining, the most work we've done, and also the most rewarding. Like, we've had a couple of sponsors this year, but most importantly, we've had you guys who have, like – constantly interacted with us and told us what you want and that's really kind of the whole point of the show is if you guys care enough to listen to us and talk to us about the things we're talking about i mean that's literally i cannot think of a better reason to do a podcast so thank you that's right and uh for those of you who are still listening after we gave our heartfelt diatribes uh next month the pod makes new year's resolutions i think you guys are going to be stoked up first the pod wants to lose some weight with thinner. Yes. <laughs> Just one of the all-time great underappreciated movies. Uh, I can't wait. to. Uh, hopefully 2020 is awesome. Hopefully we'll get to see some stuff in the movie theaters again. God, that'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. Um, whatever it is, though, 
We're excited to do it with you guys. For the Film Alchemist, I'm Josh Griffey. I'm Alex Dandino. We'll see you in the new year.